back to Challenge the Call with Max and Avery. I'm your host, Max. Uh, me and Avery are going to be recording separately today because we had some scheduling conflicts, so we'll try to give you guys a decent episode, a little bit of back and forth, but just know that I'm recording my parts, and then he will be watching and recording his parts later on. But glad to be back. Good to have you guys. Um, Avery, how's it going? Hey, man. Yeah, it's going good. Um, scheduling conflicts. Uh, Max, he's a busy man. I'm a busy man. Um, little life story about me right now. You know, I am student teaching and working full time. So it's a lot. But, you know, hey, um, we always have time to uh, come uh, give uh, our fans a episode uh challenge the call with uh, max and avery so uh let's get right into it max what are you feeling all right so to get us started today we're gonna do our notable game recap um there's a couple different games i wanted to discuss a little bit first one being the dolphins versus the bills i gotta say i am very surprised that the dolphins actually came out on top with that one i know they've looked good i know they've been competing really well thus far but still i mean we we've talked before about the bills being potential super bowl champions this year like more than potential it's they have a high chance of being the super bowl champions this year i think they are most definitely the team to beat and i just i'm shocked by the Dolphins win there but I'm sure the Dolphins you know are going to be right up there with competing with them one thing I do think you have to account for which I I heard some other people talking about after the fact is the fact that the Bills did have to come down to Miami to play so there's potential issues with humidity and the heat and everything. I think that could play a decently big factor into the Dolphins' advantage there. If they are two comparable teams, I think just the factor of the weather, weather in that sense gives it to the Dolphins. But congratulations to them. Uh, also speaking on that, the Dolphins did just play last night against the Bengals. Um, they did not win that one, and the bigger news with that is, is Tua okay? <laughs> is, is Tua going to finish the season? I don't know. I'm, Teddy Bridgewater is definitely a solid, good option for a backup quarterback. I think if you're going to have a backup quarterback in, you want a guy like that. He's been around. He's been in a lot of systems. He's, you know, veteran. He's a good guy, but... I don't know. Do do we see a big drop off with the Dolphins now? Is Teddy Bridgewater gonna live up to how Tua was leading this season so far? Um, Avery, I'm curious to hear your takes on that one. Second game I wanted to discuss a little bit is the Chargers versus the Jaguars. Jaguars won it 38 to 10, which after their Week One opening, their Week One opening did not look great. They they looked like they were kind of, oh, same old Chargers. Is Trevor Lawrence going to be a bust? Is he actually going to pick it up? But they've won their past couple of games pretty heftily. So I think I think Char or Chargers, I think the Jaguars are actually going to be a fairly solid team this year. I don't know if they will necessarily make playoffs. I don't know if they'll be 
championship contenders at all, but I think they'll have at least an average record, potentially a winning record. I think Trevor Lawrence is finally stepping into his role as an NFL quarterback, and I, th- I think he'll go places with it. I think he will do a decent job, and I'm I'm glad I'm happy for the Jaguars. You know, being a Bears fan, seeing them, seeing a team down on their luck for a long time, it's it makes me really want to root for underdogs. There, it's the same way with the Browns when the Browns were on their however many game losing streak. I was I was really excited to see them just be an average contending team, you know, and I. So I'm I'm happy for the Jags. I'm glad that they're they're actually starting to win some games and look pretty good. Um, so Avery, what are your thoughts on either of those games or any other games you wanted to recap yourself? Yeah, man. Um, the Dolphins they uh, they kind of really shocked me. Also, you know, coming out to Buffalo, beating the Bills. I mean, it was in Miami, but uh, 21 to 19. I watched that game through, and seeing the Dolphins just like pull it out, especially on that uh, last punt at the end of the game, when the Dolphins they were down and they were coming out, and they ended up punting it out of their own end zone, and it went right into the back of the guy's butt, and I was like, oh crap, the Bills are gonna win this game. The Bills are going to come out and they're going to show everybody this is why we are the Buffalo Bills and we're projected to win this, uh, win the Super Bowl this year. And so, like, seeing them come out and they're like, yes. I, I was like, yep, Josh Allen, he's going to lead them down. He's got two minutes, lead them down the field. The Bills are going to win this game. And then they stopped them. And I was like, whoa, Miami, wait a second. And, yeah, no, the Bills, uh, the Dolphins being 3-0 and at that point, that was like, whoa, it really it really kind of shocked me at that point. Um, the really cool thing about this, you know, unfortunately, I don't know if you watched Thursday night, um, but the Dolphins did lose to the Bengals. Sorry, uh, the Dolphins lost to the Bengals. And with Tua going out in the game against the Bills, and then them starting on Thursday, I thought that was just a terrible, terrible start. I think they should have started Teddy Bridgewater. Nobody's health and nobody's lifestyle is worth that much in the NFL. Like, I don't care how much wins are crucial. I know it's a living and it's a job and it's a lifestyle, but no one's health is worth that risk. And uh, Mike McDaniel, I know he's a young head coach, and I know he's like everything that you know everybody thinks he's the next hot shot hire, and like, oh man, look at this guy. But player safety needs to be a huge deal. And uh, we saw that against the Bengals on Thursday night. Tua goes down in the second quarter with a brain injury. And the NFL, like, if they want to be a concussion, like, uh, heavy league with, like, uh, trying to treat and protocol sport concussions, they failed. They failed against uh, the Dolphins and the Bills because Tua should have never went back in that football game. And, yeah, that might have changed the outcome. The Dolphins probably could be looking at a 2-2 two and two record instead of a 3-1 and one record. But at the same time, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I hate to say it. It is what it is. Um, 
I think uh, Teddy Bridgewater, he came in and he did the best he could do in the circumstances that he had. Uh, because, you know, Tua, I think the whole Miami Dolphins uh, rallied behind Tua this year. And they're like, yes, this is our guy. Because nobody in the NFL, does, nobody believes in Tua. And so, like, everybody's like, Tua, let's go and show him. So when you lose that spark of Tua, and then you got Joe Burrow on the other side, uh, it, like, you know, I knew, I I had a feeling Miami was going to come out and lose that game because the Bengals, they started off so bad in the regular season. And now they're, like, 2-2. Two and two. You know, they're, like, it was 0-2 oh start, and now they're sitting out 2-2. Two and two. So I feel... uh. I kind of knew in the beginning of that game that I thought the Bengals would take that game. Um, but let's move on to uh, the Chargers versus the Jaguars. Oh, my God. So I know Justin Herbert was dealing with a lot of injuries uh, prior from the prior week. And so, like, I get that. I get that portion a whole bunch. Uh, but they shouldn't have started Justin Herbert. It's kind of the similar to a situation. It wasn't concussion-related. Um, I believe it was something to do with his chest. It was a chest injury. Um, but they should have started Chase Daniels in that game, definitely from the start. And you could see that offense was totally out of sync the whole time. That offense was out of sync. And like I said in the last week's episode, Doug Peterson, the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, is a great head coach. He's got those guys working hard and playing like it's always great to see when you know they're a player's coach and not just like a uh, play calling coach because you see how much effort they you know put towards those type of guys um, and then like their team performs throughout so I really think that is like a major like situation there um, Jacksonville Trevor Lawrence is starting to look like he should uh, number one pick um, the one thing I don't know if you noticed, um, Peyton Manning and Trevor Lawrence in their first two years are eerily similar. And sometimes like, is the NFL rigged? Like, come on, is the NFL rigged? Because they're eerily similar to, uh, what, because, uh, Peyton Manning, his first nine road games were both losses and they, uh, they were, he went. Trevor Lawrence and Peyton Manning both went 0-9 in their first road games. Their first, before they got a win on the road. And it was both against the Chargers. And it was the Colts won 42-17 to against the Chargers. And the Jaguars won 38-10. to Yeah, you know, you could say, oh, yearly coincidence. But is it? You know? So, uh, but yeah, man, let's move on to the next segment. All right, so. Upcoming, we have the Giants, and we are in New York at the Giants. So, um, th this game really makes me nervous. This one, because the Giants are not a great team, or haven't been a great team lately. They're not quite as bad as the Jags have been, or the Jets. But there are teams that are a little below them, but they're still they're a very mediocre, kind of low-level team. But that being said, this year, they don't look too bad. They are 2-1 and one currently, one loss being to the Cowboys. It was a fairly close loss. And I don't know. They, it makes me nervous. I don't know. We, we haven't looked great. The Giants have looked 
a little better than they usually are. They look decent right now, and so I, I don't know if we come out with this one. I'm, I'm not the most hopeful. Um, the only thing I'll say I'm definitely going to be looking for is, like I said before, hopefully I see Cole Komet being a little more involved. Hopefully I see our passing game pick up a little bit. And hopefully, hopefully we score some points. Frankly, I don't even care if we come out with a win. I just want to score at least 21 points, I think. I, I want to see us score touchdowns. Not even like that. I want to see touchdowns being scored. If they score more and we lose, okay, sure, that's not great. I obviously want to win, but you have to think from a growth standpoint, what we read, need right now is a better offense. And so if we can just, if we can score, I think that shows improvement in our offense, win or loss. I just want to see us go down and actually put some decent points on the board. So the over-under is 39.5 for this game. So if you're going with what I was just hoping for, I'll be hopeful here. I want to say the over. I want to see some improvement. Let's hit the over. They might score more, but I want us to score. Um, Giants are favored by three as well, which I think is fair. Um, I don't know if they win by three. I would like to hope that we could keep it close enough to keep within three, but it scares me a little bit. We do have a fairly good defense. If I were having to pick, I'm I'm going to pick the optimistic. I'd... I think if we can get Komet involved in the game more, and hopefully the Texans is a little bit of an eye. I'll be optimistic, and I'll take the Bears plus three. I'm not sure we win, but like I said, I'm hoping we score. And so I think that I think the Bears can cover. That's that's my take. Avery, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Yeah, man, but uh, 82 yards is ridiculous at the end of the day. Um, I am very impressed still with Khalil Herbert and how he carried the load with David Montgomery going hurt, going out hurt. And that just goes to show you that we do have two number one running backs. I don't care if they are last in the NFL. I look at bright spots, and I'm still seeing two bright spots on our team, and Khalil Herbert and... The guy that won us the damn game, Roquan Smith, he won us that damn game because we were, our motivation and our momentum was not there. At that end of the game, our motivation, our momentum was not there. And there was one guy single-handedly that flipped that game on a script and they're like, yep, Chicago once. And that is Roquan Smith with picking the ball off. At the uh, at our what own twenty three yard line, Roquan Smith picking the ball off, and guess what? We won the game because of that. Because Car- Cario Santos kicked a game winner, and you know, so all these Bears fans saying he's not worth the money, he's not worth the money, he's not worth the money. We won that damn game because of Roquan Smith. I don't want, I don't care what anybody else has to say. We won that damn game because of Roquan Smith. Pay that man the money. Because he is underrated, and he is the best middle linebacker in the NFL. And I know that's a real tough take, but it's true. He won us that damn game. And, you know, like you mentioned, Cole Komet, he uh, he did perform extremely well. 
Um, well, I wouldn't say extremely well, but he looked a lot more competent than he did in the first two weeks, and, you know, that is a very positive side. Um, but we had no business only winning by three points against Houston, especially in Chicago. I get it. Lovey Smith always has his boys come to play. You know, he was a Chicago Bears head coach for a lot of times, led us to a Super Bowl. He is a great coach. But at the end of the day, and you got to blame, you, you, and I wouldn't blame it on uh, our coaching staff at all, because Ibraflus is still a young head coach, and he still got us to a 2-1 and one record. Um, this week, upcoming, we do have the Giants. I am nervous about this game. But I'm not nervous about this game. I think we beat the Giants. I know we're underdogs, and I know it's a plus three. Um, but at the end of the day, I think this is a what the heck happened game because Giants are two on one, Chicago's two on one. Whoever leads leaves the game this weekend. They're three and one. They're three and one, and I hate to say it, but three and one. To start the year, yeah, it might not guarantee you a playoff spot, but a lot of people didn't predict Chicago to win more than four games. If we win three, we only have to win two more, and then we hit our over. I hate to say that. I'm not playing for the over. I would love to see this team be a frisky-type team. I know we're not playoff quality yet, and I know we might not make the playoffs this year, which I really don't think we will, but at the end of the day, if we beat the Giants, we're 3-1, and one, and I'm not apologizing to anybody about being three and one because at the end of the day Chicago has stepped up when it counted yeah it might not be the prettiest game but there is always one key player that has stepped up for Chicago whether it's Roquan Smith Khalil Herbert and the first game it was Eddie Jackson with the pick six on uh or pick six yeah against Trey Lance I think there's one player Every week, that has stepped up for Chicago. So I think this is going to be a great game, and um, it's a noon game. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, and I don't think the Giants are that good, but, you know, another interesting fact in this game is two first-time head coaches. You got Matt Eberflus for the Bears and Brian Dable for the Giants. Brian Dable ran a great offense up in Buffalo last year. He, you know, he is one of the reasons Josh Allen is who Josh Allen is, is because Brian Dable was his uh, offensive coordinator since he came into the league. So I think, you know, this is going to be an interesting game, but I still take Chicago. And, you know, I would take Chicago plus three. I think we win this game 27-21. And I think this is kind of a get-right game for Justin Fields. And I think we come out and we win this game pretty easily. All right, so due to the nature of our episode today, I'm not going to talk about any other notable games coming up. Um, also partially just because I'm not 100% sure who all is coming up. I've been a little busy with uh, coaching my own team. I am not able to focus as much on professional games or even um, other college football games as much as I would like to, but we'll get straight into our segment Let's talk Hawks. So we're going to talk some Iowa Hawkeyes. First of all, we played Rutgers at Rutgers last Saturday. We won 27 to 10. So <laughs> I was just about to say, like, the offense scored some points. Like, it looks like we did well. But 
I almost forgot. The offense scored a fairly mediocre game. Offense scored um, 13 points. Is that math correct? Yeah. The offense scored 13 points. The defense, however, scored 14 points due to a couple of pick sixes that we got in the game. So (laughs) that's one of those instances where this win I can be proud of. Unlike the Bears, like I am actually proud of this win, even if it's against Rutgers, who is not a great team. But the thing I'm proud about is our defense. As, As bad as our offense is, and hey, I will I will give them some credit where credit is due. They did score 13 points, so that's better than we've seen them in a couple of the games previously. Our very first game, they scored literally a field goal, and that was it. Um, in the Iowa or Iowa Iowa State game, they scored one touchdown, and that was it. So we're seeing growth. We are seeing a little bit of growth with putting more points on the board from an offensive standpoint. But what I am mostly proud about is just the fact that our defense is just fucking killer. Like, two pick sixes, like, nice and – I think those were the first points on the game. Honestly, I think we need to give the defense even more credit from the standpoint that I think that that defensive score or the couple defensive scores opened up a little more, gave us some confidence. It let the – let the offense have a little bit of confidence, a little bit of reassurance, like, hey, it's okay. Like, we don't need to feel overly pressured. We've got some breathing room. So I think they were able to just go out, relax, and play a little bit better. So I think I think the defense can also be somewhat accredited for the offense scoring their 13 just because they said, hey, like, we'll win this game, like, one way or another. Like, we're up on them. We can do it. You guys have a little breathing room. Just go out. Don't be nervous. Play some football. And so I I just think that's crazy. This is the second game that we've played this year that the defense has outscored the offense. Because our very first game, our 7-3 win against uh, South Dakota, North Dakota, I forget. But um, the defense had two safeties, four points. The offense scored three. So this is the second time our defense has outscored our offense, which is kind of crazy because as much as I love to see it, as much as I think it's awesome and I love our defense so much, that's not a sustainable like system to have. To some degree, it has to be slightly sad. I love how great our defense is, and I love the ability of them to put points on the board as opposed to just stopping the ball. But at the same time, the that the offense being beat by them is just awful to see. If the defense puts up 14 points, the offense should be putting up 20, 21, 24, something. It the offense should still be putting up more points. You can't rely on defenses to do it all in a game. Yes, defense wins games by stopping the ball. But you shouldn't have to rely on your defense to win games with scoring. Like, offenses should be scoring points, not defenses. So, I love to see it, but it also worries me for the coming future because I know that it's not a sustainable way to win games long term. Um, eventually, we're going to ha- go up against another very good offense. 
and the defense can only do so much against a skilled offense. And so it's going to come back to bite us in the butt. I really hope our offense will be able to step up and actually win some games. And when I say win some games, I mean the offense winning some games, putting points on the board, giving the defense a break, making some good drives. It it has to come offensively. Otherwise, I don't know where we're actually going to stand record-wise this season. But Avery, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, man. Um, so let's talk Hawks. Um, I, you know, watching that Iowa Rutgers game, it did make me smile because, like you mentioned, um, the Hawkeyes defense, man, it's unrealistic. Like, you wouldn't expect a defense to be that great and an offense to be that poor. But, you know, only in the state of Iowa you would have something like that, unfortunately. Um, let's get into it, though. Um, Iowa, yeah, they won 27-10. to 10. Uh, Our defense did score 14 points. We had a, a pick six by uh, DeGene, which he's becoming a really nice free safety for us. I really enjoy watching him play. And then uh, Merriweather. Uh, popped the ball out. It was a fumble recovery for a touchdown. And that was beautiful. Like, that was something out of a movie, I felt like. And we jump up to 14-3 to lead, just like that. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, like, do we got something cooking here? Like, I and, you know, it's crazy because our offense didn't really step on the field until, like, six minutes left in the first quarter. And, you know, I just heard all week, oh, you know, about Rutgers punter and uh, Tory uh, Taylor, uh, Iowa's punter. I was like, I heard all week, oh, this is going to be a punt fest, a punt fest. Like, this is going to be, you know, the duel of the punters. Well, it was, kind of, but it wasn't. And more by Rutgers because, you know, yeah, Iowa's offense only did score 13 points. And it was outscored by Iowa's defense once again. Uh, because, you know, that game against South Dakota State, you mentioned it. We had two safeties, and um, uh, our offense only had three points, and we won the game 7-3, to three, which still baffles me because, you know, it was FCS opponent. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to give some grain of salt with that because it might have been a FCS opponent, but they were they were in the national championship for the FCS last year. And um, still no excuse of losing to Iowa State this year. You know, being a Hawkeye fan, that's embarrassing. Still losing to your little brother. Um, but, no, yeah, statistically, we are one of the worst offenses. Spencer Petrus is ranked second lowest in QBRs. And that's even with his solid game against Nevada. Um you know, at the end of the day, I think Iowa has a lot of potential. I really do think Iowa could become something special. And I think we just haven't performed to the potential we have. And I think a lot of this does fall on our offensive coordinator, Brian Ferentz. I really do. Because, like... Kirk Ferentz, he's a great head coach, and he's been in Iowa since 1999, the longest tenured college football coach in the nation. Yeah, that's Kirk Ferentz. But at the end of the day, with this being said, I think there is a lot of potential on our offensive side of the ball that it just has not been touched. Caleb Johnson, our running back, 
Gavin Williams, our running back. Potabom, our fullback. Our wide receivers. Bruce has a lot of potential. And, you know, I think Petrus does have potential. I think he just has not reached that level yet. And I think, you know, at a certain point he will. But we're running out of games because, as we'll talk about coming up, we are having a huge test against us. All right. And now, coming up this week... Iowa plays number four, Michigan. Good little little rematch to last year's Big Ten Conference Championship, which um, I don't know. You can call it a rematch, but a part of me in my head, and it is a rematch. Like the we did play each other in the conference championship. Should we have played each other in the conference championship? Probably not. Iowa did not do good in that game at all. Um, You have to wonder sometimes. In my head, I was thinking, I was like, would I have rather us just not won the west side of the conference, us just stay out of that game, let Wisconsin take it or whoever else was in the running for taking it? I believe it was Wisconsin. but And not embarrass ourselves in the conference championship game because that was embarrassing to watch. I I was not a fan of seeing that game get played out. And to some degree, I'm like, we, we made the conference championship. Like, that's cool. That's great. That's what you want to do. But to another degree, it's like, if you don't deserve exactly to be there, which I'm not 100% sure we did, I don't know. I think it was just... It was worse for our image than it was good. But that being said, hopefully they will do better this time. Um, Iowa, let me put it this way. Michigan is favored by 10 and a half. And um, yeah, that's, that's fair. That sounds about right. I forget exactly how much we lost by uh, last year. I think our defense is questionably better this year, though. I think our defense, compared to last year, has stepped up even a little more because I know we were top-notch last year, but something about this year, just I have a better feeling about it. I don't know if it's the scoring that they've been doing, like the fact that they've been putting points on the board or what, but I think our defense does stand a little better. So hopefully this score won't be as um, drastic as last year's was. But I still think Michigan, I would say Michigan money line. I don't think Iowa wins this game at all. I, our offense can't win this game. It's this Michigan right now is a college football playoff team, number four. And so we, I don't like our chances against any ranked team currently, just with our offense not being able to score if if there's a ranked team, it means they're going to have a pretty decent defense, and that means our offense is not going to be able to do shit. And so, not hopeful for a win. Michigan definitely wins it. I would love to see us cover the 10.5. Like I said, I think our defense might be capable of doing it, but I just I think we lack too much in the offense on the offensive side. So I, I'm taking Michigan money line because I know they win this. The over under is 42 and a half. 
We don't have to pick over-unders, but I'm hopeful. I don't know if I should say hopeful. I feel like this is going to be the over. Um, our defense is pretty good, so I don't necessarily want to say that Michigan's going to put up more than 40 on us. It could happen, but I don't, I don't think Michigan puts up that much with our defense. But hopefully we score a little bit too. Hopefully we get it. I think Michigan probably scores at least 35. And so hopefully we can score at least seven. <laughs> That's kind of sad to say. but um, And I mean offensively. I hope offensively we can score seven. We get a pick six and the defense scores. That like That's great. Love it. But I, I want to see the offense do it. I, I want to see the offense actually be it because if the offense can get at least a touchdown on the fourth ranked team in the nation right now I would feel a lot more comfortable I think I would be a lot more comfortable in hey our offense is getting better they're improving they're still not great but hopefully their progression throughout the season will be noticeable hopefully we'll actually see them start coming into their role as a big 10 offense and putting some points on the board and winning some games, giving the defense a little bit of a break, taking some of the pressure off of them. So yeah, I, my big hope for this is I just want to see the offense sustain a good drive and get a good touchdown. Avery, what are your thoughts? We got a big game this weekend in Iowa city. And yes, I agree, man. Um, last year, Michigan annihilated us. We should not have been in the Big Ten Championship. The only reason we were there was because Wisconsin, on the last game of the season, lost to Minnesota, which knocked them out of contention. And Wisconsin beat us last year, fair and square, 27-21. to 21. And we had a lot better offense last year, but I agree with you. I think we do have a better defense. Our secondary is elite. We are ranked sixth in the country in a passing defense, and second, in a rush defense in the country this year, let alone behind Georgia. We are ranked number third. The only two teams ahead of us on defense this year, right now, is Georgia and Alabama. So at this state right now, I will say Michigan's going to win this game. They annihilated us in the Big Ten Championship, 42-3 to last year. But... There's some skepticism there, right? And hear me out. The last time Michigan has came to Iowa City and Kinnick Stadium and have beat the Iowa Hawkeyes was 2005. 2005. That was 17 years ago. 17 years ago, I was 7 years old. I, it's been a long time since Michigan has came to Iowa City. And has beaten the Iowa Hawkeyes. In the last five matchups in Iowa City, Iowa has won. Um, even dating back to uh, the 2016 matchup when Michigan was ranked number two in the country and Iowa was unranked at the time, we beat them 14-13. to I think we have one of the best defenses in the country. And I will say that until I'm blue in the face. And I will keep saying that. And one thing I will also throw in with a little bit of skepticism, I know they are 10.5 point favorites, 
and you know they might they'll probably cover that but as a Hawkeye fan I want to hold on to that slimmer of hope right because at the end of the day here is the schedule that Michigan has played this year Colorado State not a very good FBS non-power five college football program Hawaii also not a very good college football program Connecticut UConn they're terrible and then when they faced one real adversary adversary in Maryland in their first game of Big Ten play, they only won 34-27, to and it came down to the wire. So, and I get it. No, I 1,000% I get it. You know, Michigan, they are ranked number fourth in the country. But is that a little too high for Michigan this year? They did lose a lot of starters. Aiden Hutchinson's gone. They have, you know, controversy at the quarterback position. Jim Harbaugh's known for down years after having good years, especially at Michigan. There's the potential of a major upset brewing in Iowa City, especially this weekend. Um... Do I think it'll happen? No, because I don't think our offense will be able to get going. But the slight slimmer of hope that I do have is that Petrus comes out and he knows how to play football. And Brian Ferentz comes out and he does amazing. Like, uh, great play calling, you know, uh, keeps our defense off the field because that's where we're struggling. Because our defense is on the field 80% of the game. And, you know, you can't win many games when your defense is on the field. If Iowa wins this game, we will skyrocket in the top 25. We might even be 18th, 17th because we'll be a 4-1 program. And we will end up probably coming in at probably number 12 or 13 when we face Ohio State in two weeks. Do I think this will happen? No, that's best case scenario. Worst case scenario is it's another 42-3 to ass whooping and the over hits like you mentioned. Um, but I always stick to this because um, I think this is a great thing for Iowa is they're known as that team that wins games they shouldn't win and loses games they shouldn't win. Or Sorry, let me rephrase that. They win games that they shouldn't win and lose games they should win. And I hate that stigma against Iowa, but it's true. Look back to three years ago when uh, I, Ohio State was ranked number four in the country. Iowa was unranked at the time. And they came to Iowa City once again, and Iowa beat them. And I think this is like one of those things. But and then we drop games that we shouldn't. We lose to Northwestern or Indiana. That's just Iowa. And I think that's just, you know, the inconsistent. We're consistent with being inconsistent, but we're also consistent at the same time. So many oxymorons there. But at the same time, I think Iowa will cover. But I, I really hope, I really hope Iowa shocks the world. I really hope Iowa shocks the damn world. And they show everybody who the Iowa Hawkeyes are and why they were in the Big Ten West championship game in the first place last year. Because a lot of people are forget, and maybe we shouldn't have been ranked number two, but I don't care. We were ranked number two for three weeks last year. I know, it was 2022 football season, it was our 2021 football season. But I think we are a better team. 
at least on the defensive side of the ball. And if our offense can get at least a little bit of a spark, maybe we shock the world. Maybe we shock the world. All right. So um, sorry for some of the awkwardness uh, in this podcast, but some stuff came up. Scheduling didn't work out. Our usual recording time for us got moved around a little bit. So we just wanted to be able to get you guys something still. We didn't want to leave you with no episode this week. There was definitely a lot that I personally wanted to talk about. I'm sure Avery feels the same way. So we tried to get you guys something. So hopefully it's not too bad. Hopefully it's still good. Um, hope next week we'll try to be back at it. Nice and normal. Just the two of us actually going back and forth, but Avery, why don't you go ahead and sign us off? Like Max alluded to, unfortunately, you know, scheduling and everything with this, um, you know, um, I'm student teaching at the moment. Um, and I am also working full-time, so it's like two full-time jobs. Uh, it's a fun time. But we always have at least some sort of time to talk about what we want to talk about, and that's, you know, definitely NFL and college, specifically the Hawkeyes and the Bears. Um, but further ado, I know what you guys are waiting for, so why don't I just come out and say it? Bear down!